0: back to another episode of the Boombastcast yes. with the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matthew Fisher wow. and his mere lowly psychic, the great and wonderful Alexander Hawk, which is me. beep. Well, and we are happy uh, today. We are uh, going to be talking to and interviewing uh, Mr. Happy Anderson. He has been in some uh, great TV and movies, uh, everything from Mindhunter uh, to uh, Bird Box and Bad, uh, Boy and 3. bad Boys for Life. Uh, very bad. great actor out of New York. And uh, we're so happy to have him here and uh, talk to him about his career and uh, everything that, uh, yeah. Would you it. say that
1: you're extremely happy to interview Happy,
0: Mister? I'm hawk? extremely happy to interview Happy. Yes, I am. Is this okay. gonna
1: be? Is this gonna be this episode gonna be called Two Happies and a Hawk?
0: <laughs> two, two Happies and a Hawk. I like that. I like that. We That's only a, got one Happy yeah. though. Only, only Happy is the
1: only Happy guy here. <laughs> it could be misleading. It could be an artistic thing too. Maybe he's not really happy. Maybe it's one of those double meanings. Nah, he's he's a good man. He should be happy because he's got a lot of talent and he's fucking killing it. Every time I turn around, I'm seeing him. Um, this dude, this I'm, I was excited to have this gentleman on. You know what I mean? When I found out we were having him on, the Hawkman hooked it up, and uh, you know, going doing some research. I go, I know this fucking dude. You know what I mean? And then all these things started flashing into my head before I even looked up their credits. You know, I know we just, me and the lady just went to go see the new Bad Boys movie pre COVID, which, which is weird because it feels like uh, a couple months ago, but now it's like almost two years ago now that we got to do uh, this. But I remember him. And it's funny because when I seen his role in Bad Boys, uh, Bad Boys for Life, all I could think of is I said, you know who should be playing this role? Alexander the Hawk. It was a perfect role for Alexander the Hawk, but happy did a fantastic job with it. And now that we're going to be interviewing him in a little bit, I almost feel that happy should have got that role over you. You know, I know you hate to hear that stuff, but you know, the man was made for it and did a great job with it. He's got a good Eva. I love how he's got his, you know, whether he's playing like uh, super like gangster characters, you know what I mean? Um, Like, what was the the show? Uh, Uh, The Nick. The The Nick, Nick. yeah, where he's playing Jimmy Fester there. That's good times. Uh, He's gang, super gangster in that, which was good. You know what I mean? Even when he was on Bright as the interrogator, I thought that was really cool, too. I support that to the fullest. You know what I mean? Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. You know what I mean? Hails from High Falls, New York City. Or High Falls, New York. That's not exactly the city, I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. But... Yeah. So Hop, when did you first stumble into this actor?
0: Well, um, i say the first time that I saw him and I would say have connected with him uh, as, as a fan would be uh, Mindhunter. That was the first time I really saw him and uh, thought, well, this is a really cool actor. He's doing a great job. Yeah. Then, um, actually, um, I have a friend, uh, Dennis Hurley, we both know. Who we were talking, and uh, he made a comment that uh, both of them went to Ethica College together. Um, and of course, after that, I decided to friend him on Facebook, and I've been following his career ever since. I've been looking at some of his older stuff, and uh, and it's it's great. Every time you see him on on screen, you know he he commands your attention. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, yeah Mine Hunter is a show that uh, you brought to my attention. Yeah,
1: that was a very cool show for anybody out there to want to go check it out. Netflix, right? Yeah, it's.
0: Uh, I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah, with the Finch,
1: you know, executive produced and directed by the Finch, David Fincher, uh, old 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 pal of the show. You know what I mean? Um, hell yeah, we'll hop, hop into that. You know, some of my favorite things to talk about is you know some of these glorious people that, that they they get to work with that that, that I I love so much that. I would not never want to jinx myself in a 2021 situation, but, you know, who's to say if we are we ever able to link up and be able to work with these folks uh, ourselves one day, you know what I mean? So it's good to have these firsthand uh, accounts of what goes down, and uh, Happy uh, is no exception, man. Happy has worked with a lot of cool folks, and Happy is a cool mother trucker himself, so uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Hey, how, you, how doing? you doing? All right, how are you? Pretty good. 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 Sorry about that.
2: My phone had to be totally rebooted. Rebooted.
1: Sorry. Yeah, no worries, man. That stuff happens all the time. Zoom's weird.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, it it fucks up for no good reason. Sure does, because I know you need it. That's what it is. That's what it is. (laughs) Good to good to meet you on the digital airwaves. Uh, you as well. What's that behind you? You have a lot of cool stuff. Yeah,
1: I get a lot of stuff. I get some uh, some Ghostbusters records, uh, just action figures. I kind of keep it with my uh, my um, what's that Office Space term the fun- the feng shui the uh, the pe- uh, feng shui pep. the pep yeah the feng shui works too. I try to <laughs> kind, of, kind of give it the, uh, the the welcoming feel. So yeah, you- man. If they don't want to look at me, they can look
0: at what's behind me. <laughs> well, sometimes what's behind you is, is 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 so interesting, Matt. What can we say?
2: The, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to give us a
1: break. I know. Well, that's why we—that's how we get people in. We get them yes. pull, We pull them in with that, and they stay for the—they stay for the show, you know. <laughs> hopefully,
0: hopefully at least. All right, Alexander. Well, uh, one thing—both um, uh, uh, Matthew and and myself. Uh, We're uh, filmmakers. Uh, I'm more on the acting side. He's more on the making of the... uh, You still are. ...the director side, the producer side. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, one of the things that I think is is the case with everyone like us that get into making films or acting and that kind is we all have a story. We all have a story of that uh, incident that really... Convince us, our, 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 like invoke the passion uh, for what what we we wanted to do with our lives and and the question I have for you what was that incident
2: for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I I always knew I wanted to perform, and actually, I started off as a tap dancer as a kid. <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I wanted to, find. I just, I loved being on stage, so I wanted to find different ways, and I had a crush on this girl in early high school, and she was like, oh, they're doing auditions in town for, because my high school didn't do plays, they're doing auditions in this theater for Gypsy, and I was the only guy who could tap dance but I couldn't sing so they they were like oh I don't know what to do with this 15 year old who sings like Tom Waits it makes no fucking sense so uh but so they gave me the only non-singing tap dancing boy role anyway to make a long story short uh you know I, I knew I wanted to act but I couldn't sing so I was like what should I do and there was an equity theater in town that was doing the play Equus and I got cat. It's an old Peter Schaefer play uh, about the boy who stabbed the horse's eyes out. And, uh, and I was cast as a horse (laughs) and (laughs) Alan and Alan Strang's understudy. And I grew up in upstate New York. So this was in New Paul's, New York. And, uh, and and the cast was all uh, either professional actors from the city or college students and me. (laughs) Uh, And, 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 just being a part of that and watching those two, the psychology of watching the, the psychiatrist and the, and the boy interact and learning that role. I was like, ah, now I know I, what I want to do. I want to play sick fuckers like this for the rest of my life.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that.
1: Don't every, don't anybody out there hate on tap dancing because I've wanted to tap dance ever since I've seen that Cosby show episode at, where he puts the sand down. and I, Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, um, also was looking in, I noticed that uh, you did a lot of um, uh, Shakespeare on Broadway, right?
2: Well, I, I did one Broadway show, but I've done Shakespeare all over the country.
0: Well, I mean, I've always been a fan of the Bard and, uh, and the different plays in the theater. Um, unfortunately, just not really have the opportunity to do a lot of that nowadays. Uh, but out of, I mean, is there, like, a favorite Shakespearean play or, like, um, uh, things that he uh, deals with that really uh, uh, talks to you that you really uh, like to uh, come into? Uh,
2: yeah, well, you know, again, in high school, the thing that drew me into Shakespeare was the Scottish play, Macbeth, and I've gotten to do that show three times. I played Macduff, Macbeth, and The Porter. <laughs> My epic turn as The Porter at Texas Shakespeare Festival. Uh <laughs> Um, uh, but you know, when I went to grad school, I went to uh, college in Ithaca, New York, Ithaca College, and then I went directly to grad school, Indiana University, and and we basically only studied Shakespeare. Not only, but that was like a very heavy focus, and uh, and I was convinced that that's what I that now this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was do Shakespeare. All over the country until that actually became my vocation, and I was like, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm tired. I need to make a living. I got to figure out how to make anything work on camera because this is beating me up. But I, the the uh, the idealism that I had out of school was uh, the heightened language and the storytelling's beautiful, and the poetry is beautiful. And, and 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 if you can make the language work for you, that the language really cradles the actor, and like you just have to be that just you just have to let it happen you don't really have to do much of anything
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah i mean i mean one of the things that i i always loved about shakespeare um especially since um you know they have all these great long monologues but uh i always found that it has kind of like a um almost singing like a uh, uh, a singing feel to it that you know when you get in a rhythm that, you know, these long, daunting monologues, at first you might be like, how can I do this? But when you get into rhythm, it just flows off the tongue and just, you know, kind of really brings you in, I find.
2: Oh, it's definitely like learning a song. It's it's no different, Uh, you know, uh, especially the ones in verse. Uh, In prose, it's a little less so, but uh, obviously. but um, And also, uh, I think when you learn, or when I learned exactly how punctuation works differently in Shakespeare than it does for us in uh, uh, 21st century English. Um, it's, it's just so much easier to memorize and just talk a song. I mean, it's beautiful.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, one thing I was, I was uh, checking, um, in 2007, uh, you did uh, two different uh, films. One was uh, Brutal Massacre of Comedy, with the uh, late Gunnar Hansen and uh, David Naughton. And you also did uh, Redacted, which was uh, directed by uh, Brian De Palma. I mean... Yeah. Those those are my... Yeah, I mean, I just have to ask. I mean, they're they're like so like opposite sides and and getting to do them all like, you know, at the very beginning. How did that happen?
2: Well, those were my first two movies I ever did. Um, Those those are my first two jobs, really, non-theater jobs um and it ha- I mean I just you know I was taking anything that I could get is is the short answer as to how it happened um uh, uh brutal massacre was more of an accident i I uh, I was there for one I didn't have an agent yet and I was there for one audition and I stumbled into the wrong audition and they hired me so <laughs> so that was good um and then uh yeah uh, uh redacted, which was a very uh, uh crazy, wonderful experience but i had uh i had just gotten an agent and it was my first movie audition and i happened to get it i thought it was going to be like that the rest of my life it was not um uh but uh yeah he uh he wrote it as well and uh and there were many rounds of auditions and we shot it in amman jordan and i hadn't been to that part of the world before and i, ha- I hadn't re- i'd only done one other movie before so it, it was it was crazy it was um it was a wild, wild experience.
1: So the, the rumor I heard was that originally Brian Del Palma was supposed to direct brutal massacre. (laughs) So it just kind of, it just kind of fell over into the next film. That's That's right. That's right. Well, how how is it, you know, Brian Del Palma is an iconic filmmaker, you know, what's it like uh, just being on that set around, you know, seeing him do his thing. Very intimidating. Um, you know, I mean, my, I couldn't
2: it was they purposefully uh, uh, cast a, a bunch of unknowns. And I was like, well, no one's more unknown than me. So, yeah, I'll I'll do it. But, uh, you know, but the, the other guys had a lot of experience. I had almost none. So when he walked on the set, it, it was it seemed like the emperor or something. It was yeah. really daunting. And my first scene was a three page monologue. And the guys had already the other guys had already been there for a few weeks. I had just arrived, and I had to deliver this monologue to everyone. And, and my first take was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my, my nerves turned to cockiness. I was like, I'm going to knock this out of the park. And, and I finish, and he goes, okay, Happy, let's try it again this time. You're not in the fucking play.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah.
2: Like yeah. Yeah. And I had to fake it till I made it. I watched how other people were moving and talking, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do it like that.
1: And then it was fine. And I, I I love the choice that a director makes for the with like actors that aren't as aren't as well known yet. I love that choice because it's a clean slate. Like the audience yeah. doesn't have to push other characters out of their head to you know to let this one fit in for this story. I love when they you know. So that, and that's just a sign of a great director. Cause I'm sure. De Palma. I know that De Palma kind of he he went. He's foreign now. He's outside of the states making France video. mostly. Yeah, which is kind of like if you want to have free, you know, free reign to kind of do whatever you want, you have to kind of exactly it. right. But yeah. um, I'm I'm glad to see he's still making films. It's funny because you know, you know, De Palma, Abel Ferrera. There's a lot of filmmakers that are still going making films that we don't even hear about anymore because right. it, you know they don't get released over here or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And
1: and, and hint, that
2: movie was about an actual thing that happened in the Iraq War. So that's why it was so important to have people that. The audience wouldn't have known because yeah. it was it was supposed to appear as if this was really happening right. unfolding in real time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. you know, yeah. So kind of uh, by by doing that, kind of making the story itself Santa's stage instead of exactly you
2: know, yes. right. Yeah. It's totally a
1: big move. Yeah. yeah, it's a big move that studios don't really like to make that much, and you know, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. You know, when they want they want like a big some the actor to sell the film for it. You know, you usually yeah. see that, unfortunately, you know, you know, the, the actor's name sells it more than the story or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, because no one wants to take a chance with their money.
1: You right. Know. And you, <laughs> you, <laughs> great, you know, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get unhappy when I lose five dollars. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Fifty million. I mean, exactly. I, I'd be a
1: little I'd
0: be a little uh, perturbed. Yeah, for sure. Oh come on, money's only money,
1: right? <laughs> it's, money, yeah. it's, in the, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like beauty, whoever yeah. owns it and beholds it loves it. <laughs>
2: yeah, you and know? whoever doesn't have it wants it.
1: So the, Can you, you see were, me all right? Yeah, I see. We see you good. Okay. You know, so when you when you made that jump from the theater the, from the stage to the screen, you know mm-hmm. people that you became friendly with in the theater group were they? I know. Oftentimes they'll kind of look down on that jump. You know what I mean? Because they feel like the real acting isn't in, in, on the stage and not in front of the screen. You know, in, in, I want, did, did they have that vibe when you, when you were making your jump, your leap from it? Or?
2: Oh, no. I mean, at, at a certain point, everyone realizes you have to make a living. Yeah. Um, and, and the money just isn't there in theater. Right. So ideally, you, you, you're very prolific in both, but it's very hard to strike that balance. And, uh, you know, I hope to go back on stage sometime. It's just been a long time.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, things have definitely flipped. Like right now you'll see when filmmakers would usually look upon TV, doing TV work is like a bad thing. Now like all Uh, filmmakers, all the film directors want to do TV because that's where the bigger audience is. and That's right.
2: And more freedom and better storytelling.
1: It's crazy you have more freedom on TV than in a film. You know what I I mean? It's weird. I know.
2: (laughs) Everything's flipped on its fucking head.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, one of the things that I think is great about uh, about TV uh, is that I I find TV gives you the opportunity, especially as an actor, to kind of uh, really delve into your character. I mean, when when you're doing a movie and and you're doing it, and it has to be like two hours, you can only do so much, you know, character study yeah. or jumping into. But when you're doing, you know, let's say three or four seasons, and then you got it's us say, 10 to 20 episodes per season, then you get the opportunity to delve into the character and find the nuances that normally you wouldn't if right. you just doing doing a film. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I think that they're really starting to delve into even more now with TV. Um, I mean, back in the old days, it was more of like, well, here's an adventure, and but it doesn't carry on to the next episode. But now everyone's delving into character arcs and all that. And that's why I think TV's really taken off when it comes to, you know, storytelling and as acting.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, and they're called the, like, prestige shows, you know, the, like, the ones that are shot like a 10-hour movie. You know, it's like, it's really the amount of time you have and things to work. It's, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off everybody. To have all the time in the world to tell the story correctly yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: and i always think that it's it's uh because a lot of times when when i'm watching the movie or uh, and all that you always feel like they're 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 missing something there there could be more more to it and and then of course you'd be talking to like someone from the uh from the film and they're like Oh yeah, we had like this backstory. We shot these scenes, but they never made it into the movie. And you're like, well, if it was put in the movie, the movie would have made more sense. <laughs> I know,
2: I know, I yeah. know a lot of that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's and like I said, I, mean, I I've 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 always wanted to be an actor. I always loved movies, that, but what I love mo- most of all was the was the you know creating a character and, and telling the story. And, you know, and I really think that, uh, TV really has like upped their game when it comes to that.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. Well, the advent of all the streaming platform, I mean, it started obviously with HBO and Sopranos and the wire, but you know, as Netflix and, and Hulu and all that stuff came along, I mean, there's, there's so much content, uh, or availability for content, uh, that, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff that's out there is like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not into this. But then for every one of those, there's a bunch of, uh, like really, really like independent film, 10 hour independent films where you, where you, where you just get to love on the story and the characters, and, yeah. you know, like old Scorsese movies except series.
1: Well, I think that. <laughs> I think I think that's what it is with the with the with the series. Is is like those Scorsese movies. He's so talented with it that he, you're allowed to get intimate within that two hour span. Yes, where now yeah. they they take these ten hour long segments to let you really get intimate with the characters and their story and you know their lifestyle and everything. So it's it's really more like reading a book. You know what I mean nowadays.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: To go into the thing about how, like, theater people might not appreciate the film, getting into the film, you know, uh, I know you worked on some of the most biggest video games recently, you know, doing some voice for them. You know, well, how, yeah. did, how, how is that? You know, you're a video game fan, first of all, or? No, I, I
2: haven't played a video game since I was a kid, probably. Yeah. I don't even really care for them. And what's so funny is, uh, uh, like, when I got offered those jobs, no one told me what they were. Yeah. They were like, oh, Rockstar Games want you to come in today. Okay. And, and, and they give me the script and I'm, I'm, I'm shouting curse words at a screen. And, uh, and I, and then I find out what it is after it came out. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you could have told me I wouldn't have known what that was anyway, but yeah. I understand that you need to keep it secret, but uh, people love that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, my, my nephews go, n- they're more proud of that of what I I've done it. than most of the movies I've done.
1: Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> I'll tell my nephew that we had a gentleman on that did a voice on GTA, and that'll be mean more than him, than me being his uncle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. But, yeah, the video game craze has took it over. It's gigantic. It's huge, You know, the, 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 they're now making movies about it. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a yeah. TV show somewhere about video games, you know. It's so wild. It is. And I
2: so don't understand. I mean, I just go where they tell me to go and right. say what they tell me to say, but I, I so... My mind is so far removed from that world. I don't even, I, I don't think I fully appreciate just how popular and, and like loved and, and 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 like obsessed with these projects are.
1: Yeah, yeah, they really are. It's. Um, I'm trying to think of another like, especially like Grand Theft Auto. You know, you're part of the Max Payne game. I think first, which was a big, that was a big deal. That got its own movie. Grand Theft Auto. I'm surprised it never got a movie.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. One day it probably
1: will. <laughs> Uh, I think of the, the, the extreme, you know, NC-17 rating that we'll have of the, the madness that happens within. But um, Totally. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm surprised there was never a game for that. But, yeah, kids love it. I mean, that's kind of like video games. It's weird because, yeah, when we were younger, it's like you start playing video games and you kind of drift away from it and you're like, oh, you assume there's new, gen- new generations playing new games, but you don't really ex- – think it would be that huge like it <laughs> like even when we were kids it was like a big part of our life but it's almost like yeah. 50 times bigger than it was then
2: yeah I, that's why i can't even i mean like i loved nintendo in sixth grade but then i like kind of forgot about it and yeah. now i mean like I, I i know that my mind can't grasp how big these are
1: yeah the video games do do anything cool for the people that are in it like when they re- hit a certain like sell like a hundred million of them do they send I know like because it's audio, it's kind of in a music world. I know like bands and acts if they have their song in it, they'll be sent a plaque that it, you know played or sold so many. you guys get any any like got uh, pat on the back or anything No, nah, nothing like that. get no, yeah, no. a little flyer, a little eight by ten little cutout or something.
2: <laughs> no, that that's still a whole thing going on with the unions and everything. Uh, oh, really? Because well, that would be easy to track in terms yeah. of uh, getting residuals or whatever. But it, uh, it, it's, it, it's a battle that's on the back burner for now, I, I assume.
1: That's actually a really good point. I never even thought about the unions with that because you're doing a video game. You don't think it's a big deal. But these video games are selling more than films are.
0: And By far.
1: Like, yeah, and it's like... You buy a DVD for 10, 15 bucks. These video games are 60 bucks a pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to get them online. They're only 40, but that's still, you know what I mean? It's still a lot of money. And it's all going into the hands of, you know, whoever the distributor is.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: There's that's a lot right. of money. I'm surprised. Yeah. I never even thought of the union with that. That's interesting. It's
2: a, But every new thing is always a new battle. Right. Like, uh, like it's just now that we've like kind of gotten somewhere with the streaming platforms and stuff like that. So it, it just takes a while to catch up to the world because it's for if they cannot pay us for as long as they can, they will. Right? Because like, why? Why? Why wouldn't they do that? Right. I mean, it just makes better business sense. But for them, yeah. but eventually, most of the new content it comes around, and we at least get a little piece of it.
1: That's good. Yeah, because there's so much floating out there. I know uh, I know the big executives got – the usually the people that don't need the money got their hand in the pie, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> but yeah. that's how that goes. You, know. you were also in Cold in Ju- – oh, Alex, you we were going to say something. Yeah, actually it's funny because uh, we're on the same uh, wavelength. Um, I was going to um, make a comment that uh, you were in the movie Cold in July, all uh, right? And uh, actually, it's funny because Matt and I have a connection to the movie because we have uh, our friend, uh, Ken Holmes, who actually played the burglar in that movie. Yeah, good shot. Yeah, the guy yeah. who gets shot in the beginning. And yeah, and and at, at times like this, it kind of reminds, uh, at least it reminds me how kind of small the community is, even if... Yeah. Even if, uh, you know, you're you're shooting in New York or in California, I mean, you're you're bound to, you know, be working close with someone who then, you know, works with someone else who works with someone else.
2: All the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, the whole six degrees of separation. Um, But, I mean, how how was the experience on on that film, uh, Cold in July?
2: Oh, it was really nice. I mean, it was very brief. Um, what I liked about it was they are shooting in my hometown, and I don't get up there that often because my folks moved down to Florida and stuff like that. But um, that was cool. I did, That was another one I didn't really know much about. I think it was one of my first, uh, like, straight offers. So, you know, I, 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 I like Michael C. Hall, and uh, I liked the director very, very much. Um,
0: Jim
1: Mickle? Uh, was
2: it? Yeah, yeah. I really liked him. Uh, he, he's like a really smart, like intuitive, uh, good guy. Um, but you know, I had, I think I only had one scene with a few lines. So I just, I just kind of showed up and did it and it was great. And I think the movie was, in my opinion, really good. I mean, you know, I, I, I played a little piece of it, but it was, it was really a well done movie, I think.
1: So, so was it around this time that you were starting just to get the offers instead of having to kind of come in and audition? Uh, it was, it was. It was a mixture. No,
2: it, it was a mixture, yeah. and then and then it was only the last two or three years that almost all of my jobs were were offers.
1: Um,
2: although now that there's there's much less work, I'm back to auditioning a lot.
1: So
2: yeah. You know what are you going to do? I mean, who could have predicted this? So right.
1: I know it's terrible. The COVID thing. It's and it ain't over. It's like uh, the fallout from it will be it'll Be lingering for a while, unfortunately.
2: Oh my God! I know. I'm I'm just glad to be fully vaxxed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're working on that. Hawk, you? Where, you, where, you, you where, huh? Where are you guys? We're in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Which, I'm uh, this, where? Uh, I'm in Whitman, and he's in Andover.
2: Yeah. Uh, cool.
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> we, li- we like to return to our hometown every now and then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, we never leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean it's yeah. Actually, it, it's interesting since you know we we stumble uh, upon the common of COVID and all that. How how has it uh, affected you know the entertainment industry and I mean and everything there? I know that it's affected everyone in different ways, and I know it's really tough and and it's not over yet i mean do uh what do you think you know the future might hold for you know film uh tv and all that in your corner of the world new york uh anywhere else
2: yeah i mean it's gonna be a a struggle for a while i've only done one job in covid um and we got through it all right it was out in montana and, uh, you know, we got tested every other day. It was before the vaccines were widely available. And it was hard. I mean, I, I was grateful to work again. It had been a long time, but it's hard to get through it, you know, especially traveling. And, and then, you know, um, I almost said hibernating, uh, quarantining for 10 days or whatever it is. It's about the same. <laughs> yeah, about the same, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and also, uh, not so much anymore. But for a while, a lot of projects were starting and stopping and starting. I mean, it's it's just very. We're, we're all just every line of work is just figuring out how to do this, how to go forward. Um, I think it's it's gotten uh, somewhat easier with more and more people uh, vaccinated, but it's still like a, it's still confusing and and weird. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully things will, you know, maybe. I mean, I, I like to think that everything will go back to normal, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah. Hoping, I mean, the I'm is, I'm hoping too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is, you gotta you gotta adapt to the situation again, right? So, um, also another thing I wanted to uh, 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 talk to you about was that, um, of course, uh, superhero movies and superhero TV shows are kind of dominating uh, the, uh, the entertainment industry right now. Um, and you've been in, in a few projects that uh, uh, touch in on that. And uh, one of them I, I have to admit I was a big fan of was uh, your role on Gotham.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah I thought you were gonna say new mutants, but yeah gotham was well, a lot of fun
0: don't worry i i, 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 I <laughs> oh, but but I, I wanted to start there because um first of all i mean you played uh Dever Tweed uh one mm-hmm. of the uh, 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 Tweedle brothers and, yeah. and also you ended up working with um uh the uh, character Matt hatter which, I mean, I've always been a big Batman fan. Yeah, Those characters I've always enjoyed, but we haven't really seen, I don't think they've really been utilized up to I would say Gotham. I think Gotham is the only time I've really seen them utilized. And I was wondering, were you ever a comic book fan? Uh, Is this kind of like a new thing, like, you know, with the video games with you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I, I used to be a rabid comic book fan uh uh, i mean but that was a long time ago so like i I kind of come to these projects similarly to like you said as the video games but i at least have some frame of reference because i used to you know be obsessed with dc and marvel and and you know i i have like the second issue ever of Mm spider-man and 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 the first ever issue of the star wars comic and like i was a rabid collector and then you know, I, I went on and <laughs> to be more concerned with like girls and booze, and then I became a professional actor. So, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, 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 but it was cool to step back into it. I mean, especially a set like Gotham, where it's like, I mean, they create the world. They, yeah. I mean, there's sound stages with the different sets. It's like, oh my god, you're you're in it. You're in a comic book. It's yeah. a really, it's a really wonderful feeling and vibe
1: yeah yeah comics have always been a lot to kind of keep up with in my i never i appreciate them but i never got into them because as yeah. you can see like i collect all by all types of shit that i would have no money to eat if i collected comic books as yeah, well
2: yeah, yeah. you know what i mean uh, like, no, i know I, I i'm a big yeah. record collector now myself i, I got back, back into vinyl yeah
1: yeah, me too like I I'm trying right now I'm getting all the stuff that I bought on CD when I was younger. I'm trying yeah, to get my yeah. like build it up. What what <laughs> what, what do you, what, what else you like to listen to on vinyl over there?
2: Uh well, I'm I'm a big uh like really big into like nineteen seventy uh, outlaw country and and folk music and rock music. I mean, I like everything, but that that's I have a lot of Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson,
1: Cash, uh, you
2: get JC, oh tons of Cash,
1: oh dude, I, I love Johnny Cash. I just hunted down um, all the like the, the last Rick Rubin albums he did. All, all oh, America. They're, they're they're his best albums. I think. yeah, y'all, dude, incredible, 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 fantastic. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? You got all six? I got all six. I like three, and uh, oh, maybe three and four three. might be my favorite. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, three's
2: years. usually the, the the least referenced one. But I like yeah three, three's. Yeah. It's really underappreciated. Solitary man and all that stuff.
1: That um, I see a darkness song. I oh, I stumbled into that song at an overnight shift at like three in the morning. Just came oh on Spotify, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah." It's I'm like, like What's "My happening? God." Yeah. It, it sounds like a song that was written for
2: Cash. To, it sounds like a song that was written 50 years ago for yeah. Cash to sing when he's an old man.
1: Yeah. And I, I just, they they released an album a couple of years ago of songs they lost forever. Um, and, like, they put out an album of it and... Uh, out Among the Stars, I think is the name of it. Oh, yeah. That's and a dude, great the, album, too. Dude, yeah. the, the, that title track, Out Among the Stars, it blows my mind Beautiful. that I got lost because that track is so great. I was like, what? They lost it's, this? What?
2: It's great. Yeah. Midnight in a liquor store in Texas. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, 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 in the 70s, Waylon and Merle Haggard each, each recorded it as well.
1: Did they? Uh, You feel like the Highwaymen, the supergroup they did, or something like that. Well, with Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, uh, Willie Nelson. Uh, Yeah,
2: Haggard wasn't in the Highwaymen, but uh, um, yeah, I have all the Highwaymen albums too. I'm I'm hopeless with that.
1: Oh yeah, that stuff's (laughs) great. I love it. It's great, man. Yeah, I'm glad you get down with that. Yeah, Johnny Cash, man. Johnny Cash is.
2: It it all starts and ends with him. I mean, I yeah, should have said that first. Like every everyone else, <laughs> I'm a fan of, is it, like you know uh, springs out from him.
1: Yeah, Cash is a weird. He's like beyond music. It's a weird thing.
2: He's yeah. like, yeah. He, uh, uh, Chris Christopherson said in a in a like a press conference with all four guys. He's like, you know, I'm the I'm the radical lefty. Waylon's the curmudgeon right winger. Willie's the pot smoking hippie, and John is the father of our country.
1: There you go. Johnny Cash, man. I love Cash. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. I'm glad you're helping keep records alive.
2: Fucking a right, man. Yeah. Coming back heavy.
1: It's good. Yeah.
2: Vinyl. Vinyl's a very popular. I have an old Highwayman poster, actually, from 1985 over there.
1: Hell yeah. Nice. nice. I got Hawkman. I got the Hawkman over here, a record player. I don't think he's used it once.
0: I, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I'm like, I like find no time to do anything with editing, with filming, with. with Put it on, with, on the background. Like, it's good for data, your mind, man. I mean, come on. It's good for I mean, I'm, I'm really burning the candle at both ends, hoping not to get wax on my shoes. I mean, no, that's
2: all right. <laughs> we we understand.
0: <laughs> I don't think
1: he does. I keep on no, i it. I'm I very know. understandable, Alex. don't, don't worry. I'm not like Jimmy from the Knicks, killing people. <laughs> off. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that's how it's that super gangster, super gangster, like straight out of a <laughs> Scorsese movie. I know. I, I was so uh, I
2: was so excited to get that job, and I and that was like one of the early ones, you know, where like, oh, Steven Soderbergh is doing a series. I was like, what? Yes, Soderbergh. Yeah, and it was this was great. I love that thing from top to bottom. I was uh, working with him. It was oh, great. Man. I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, him and Fincher are pretty good friends, and uh, really? and their approaches are totally opposite. Really? I mean, totally opposite. You know, uh, on Mindhunter, we'd work 15-hour days, five days a week for three weeks on my three scenes. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and on the Nick, I remember there was one day in season two where I did my part of three different episodes in under two and a half hours. Really? That's how different they are. But because well, it seems anyway that Stephen he already has it edited in his mind, so yeah. he doesn't he doesn't shoot anything he he knows he won't need. There's no right. coverage. He shoots exactly. I mean, it, it, it's like a, it's like watching a surgeon. I mean, it's so precise, so exacting, and uh, there's no wasted time at all or even close you're like you're in and you're out
1: right. and if
2: you and, and if you don't know your stuff then like you you better start because you'll be replaced pretty quickly
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and fincher is more of a relaxed kind of find the grooves type set feel or i would
2: i wouldn't describe it like that at all yeah, yeah <laughs> I, mean, I probably <laughs> shouldn't have either <laughs> uh, he's uh, he also knows exactly what he wants but he he i guess he i he just i mean you know what was great about it, though, was it felt it didn't feel at all like doing television. I mean, he was so uh, specific and, and and actually so uh, uh, um, every minute detail that it felt like rehearsing a play every day. Mm. That and g- cameras just happened to be there. It didn't feel like doing television because no film or TV takes that much time to talk about the acting ever. Yeah, and uh, and he gave very very specific. I mean, I mean, he looks out for his actors. I, 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 you know, I think back on his movies, and I don't know if I can think of a single bad performance of any of the people right. that are in his movies. It's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, you can't. No, you can't. no. He, yeah,
1: it's wild. Fincher is uh, iconic. You know, one of the he's still going heavy. I think he's he's nominated for a director Academy Award this year. right? Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Mike, yeah. Uh, I think he'll win. I think he'll win Best Director. I'm rooting for him,
2: all right, yeah, me too,
1: <laughs> oh you know- right. Fincher was one of those dudes funny, you know the Academy Awards pop up back in the day, like you had if you were young or you just made your first film, like they wouldn't even let you get nominated, you know I, I know? know you had to like earn that nomination now, and I'm not saying new filmmakers don't earn it, I'm just saying now it's you'll see someone who popped in, made their first film, and then they'll be nominated for an academy award, you know it's just a different time, but yeah, totally, I, yeah, but you know Fincher's I love seeing Fincher. He's, he's still in it. He's, his name's always going up for it. Scorsese, his name's always going up amongst these new people. Um, and I think it bothers the new people. It's weird. I don't know if they have respect. They should. They just want to beat all have. these older filmmakers. Yeah.
2: I know. I know. It's maddening.
1: Yeah. But um, Would you get a favorite Fincher film real quick? And then Hawk's got a question.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Zodiac. Classic.
1: I was one. talking about Zodiac last night.
2: And you know what's interesting? I love that movie, and I've seen it many times since I saw it in the theater. But I first had a uh, <laughs> an emotional connection to it that was totally unrelated because um, I was up for some job, and I was walking around the city, and I was like, "I'm going to go see a movie, take my mind off the job." And I was watching Zodiac, and I was all into it. And then in the middle of the movie, I got the call. It was redacted. I got the call that I got redacted. Oh, nice. So then, so so I didn't go back into the theater that day, and then. Uh, I made a note to myself, I'm going to have to watch this movie again when I'm out like, you know, uh, like twirling out and flipping out about this thing. And I've since seen it many times and it's a great movie. And that was a great movie to, uh, get good news at because it's, it's a dour world that it, <laughs> it, uh, oh, yeah. it portrays, but it's, it's beautifully shot, of course. And amazingly, yeah, it's a fantastic movie.
1: I, I think Zodiac might be his closest film to Mindhunter Hunter in a way. yeah
2: yeah absolutely yeah for sure
1: yeah for sure yeah i love fincher fincher's the man classic uh zodiac classic you know the hurdy hurdy gurdy man hearing that for the first time in a long time was always nice that's one of the that's one of those songs that you hear the song you know it's been around forever but you're like this song was made for this movie even though it wasn't you know what i mean i know (laughs) donovan classic donovan season of the witch is a classic jam they should use more in movies yeah
2: fucking a right
1: hell yeah Um, So, uh, Alex?
0: Yeah, uh, I I just want to jump in since we were talking Mindhunter.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I I really want to ask you um, about uh, the character you uh, play, Terry Brutus. Um, How did you uh, – I'm assuming you did research uh, and and all that. Um, One of the things I want to ask you was how how do you really – I mean, different actors have different ways of getting into a role. So Mm -hmm. um, is there a specific – um uh, uh way you do that uh especially because you you were fantastic yes. in that in that role
2: thank you thank you yeah i i don't do the same thing uh uh for any for all the jobs you know what i mean like uh jerry brudos required a, a, a not insignificant amount of research um and uh but you know, I don't do that for... There's some roles that, that are just so straightforward they just are what they are. And, yeah. it, and it, it's better to just learn the words and show up rather than mucking it down with all this extra detail that'll maybe make the acting a little overwrought. But Jerry Brudos was such a complicated uh, person with such a complicated mind. Um, you know, I read the book that was written about him called Lust Killer and... Um, I, I researched a lot of stuff online. I couldn't find hardly any video of him though, which I was kind of upset by. It also kind of, uh, relieved because I didn't feel, um, uh, obligated to like a, an impression, um, at all. But it, I also would have loved a little more visuals. I did find this little clip of him where he, He says something totally unintelligible you can't even understand what he's saying and then he cracks himself up for a long time so that's where i borrowed the laugh from i I don't know if you remember in the first scene i enter laughing and, and and i keep cracking myself up that that was borrowed from that um but uh but and the way i hooked into him emotionally was just his childhood trauma because you you know you can't obviously the man himself i would hate but you can't think about that you have to empathize and, um, and and that was what keyed me into him, was the, the childhood trauma piece. And everyone reacts to trauma differently. And his was uh, a very unfortunate way <laughs> to yeah. react to trauma.
1: Yeah, that's the thing with people. is everybody's human, where everybody kind of starts off as the same person. And it's the things that happen to them that make them do great or do bad. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly. So
1: that's the thing. You never, never, never lose track of that they're just humans that went astray. Because if you do, it could happen again. Uh totally
2: that's a great way to put it yeah I you
1: know what I mean Wow look at that hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh being a man of music do you listen to music on the set when when getting into character like if you need to do something you know heavy do you get into like you know heavier music or anything like that
2: I love that question and I always used to I always used to wish that I would get asked that question Um <laughs> for years uh when I was doing almost all theater I would pick a different uh, Tom Waits song that I thought dealt with the inner life of each character. Yeah. And I did that for a long, long time. And, uh, and now it's just like I just make playlists that I'll listen to in the hotel room or in the trailer, just a little. It doesn't play nearly as big of a role as it did when I was younger, but it just kind of helps me. And, and if nothing else, just to be relaxed. So I'm open to anything that might happen with the other actor or on the day or whatever.
1: Character-wise, would that playlist that you would create? Would you create it for something personal to you that would help you get in yeah. the mood, or would you would you create it maybe what you think that character would like?
2: Well, uh, every character uh, is born from me, so yeah. I, I, it's it's more like my mind in those circumstances. Cool, uh, is the easiest way to put it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I found years ago that when I tried to like make up my point of view, the acting would be kind of fake and overwrought. And so now it's just me as if I were in that, if I, if I were that person, I don't, don't, I'm not sure if I'm articulating it well, but um, it's just easier to use images from my own life and apply them to this other person than to build a whole nother person in my mind.
1: Yeah. I've always been curious when the character is done you know, how hard do you find it to break out of that character, like shed out of that skin? Is it easy or is it more difficult, you know, the darker it is probably, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, usually 99% of the time it's incredibly easy. Um, But that, uh, that mind, (laughs) and I was shocked too, because this has never happened to me before or since, but when it was done, I was like really depressed and kind of anxious and, a little irritable and i was like what is going on and my wife's like well you just played a very disturbed person every day for three weeks and i was like is yeah. that it though she was like yeah that's it yeah um, and, and i remember the, i was there only one day that i was there with cameron who played ed kemper and uh you know we were the two large killers so we like hit it off and uh <laughs> and, and and he said to me he goes uh He's like, do you find that when you go home, you're kind of like weird and weird to your wife and stuff? And at that time, I was like, no, I don't even understand what you're talking about. And then when I was done, I was like, this is what he was talking about. Oh, fuck. (laughs) No one's immune. Do
1: you think that he was trying to break it when he went home? And do you kind of keep in character till the production's done? you think maybe that was why he was failing it earlier? Uh, Maybe. I mean, he had been there a lot longer at
2: that point. Um, So he had done a lot more work I, I was just starting he was just finishing yeah.
1: that um, sounds like something was class the character him and the I, character were like clashing heads you know what i mean almost
2: Trying yeah
1: out of it you know
2: yeah i don't know i i i didn't dig that much deeper on that particular <laughs> topic but but i know i would uh like i i wouldn't stay in character all day i i think that would that would make me very tired and very yeah. unhappy yeah it's true um, but it was easy. I bet it's also easy, like when they're setting up the shot. The writing was so great, and everyone in it was so great. It was easy just to kind of ease into it as as the camera started rolling.
0: Yeah. For sure. Alexander? Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, I have to say that um, uh, looking at everything that you've uh, done and been a part of, you got to work with some very uh, big names. And, I mean, you uh, worked with Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. You worked with uh, Will Smith in both Bright and also Bad Boys for Life. And you I, also worked with one, uh, one of our most favorite Real quick, you can't
1: – Real sorry to cut you off, Hawk. If you're going to bring up Will Smith, you got to bring up Martin Lawrence. You can't just bring up one of them and not the other –
0: Come on. <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Martin Lawrence also. I prefer yeah. to be like Martin Lawrence a little bit better than Will Smith. No offense. <laughs> no offense. But <laughs> but but you also worked with uh, the great uh, Robert De Niro in The Comedian. And yes, yeah. just how were some of those experiences? I mean.
2: The, uh,
0: that was wonderful
2: working with De Niro. You know, I, I have idolized him since I'm 13. You know, I've been imitating him since I was 13. I could probably uh, say all the lines from Raging Bull, like right now, you know. Um, I met him once before. I was in uh, Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino um, on Broadway and in Shakespeare in the Park. And he came to that. And I talked to him for a little bit, but he didn't remember that, uh, uh, obviously, when I showed up at the comedian. The the comedian was interesting, too, because the callback we had to read with bob yeah. he was at the callback and you had to read with him um which was exciting and and i was just really grateful for myself that i didn't freak out that right. i just you know treated it like another audition because there were people that went in the room and broke down
1: i'm sure yeah uh,
2: um and you just have to like kind of kit like psych yourself out like yeah. just going you know um but then he was really lovely on set he was very generous um you know, I found myself sitting around and talking with him about taxi driver and raging, nice. you know, conversations that I fantasized about having since yes. I was a little kid, you know, right. he was really, really low key and sweet and, and, and the cameras get going and he's, you know, he's, he's a, like a tank. But right. um, uh, and I, I remember this one surreal moment, uh, you know, because, again, I just acted like it was in the other movie. But then I watched my stunt double do my scene. And he, lo- he was made I, – I, I almost always have the same guy, this guy Chad Knorr. And he was made to look exactly like me. And, and I saw De Niro charging him and punching him. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a scene with Robert De Niro. <laughs> but I, I had to watch my stunt double do it to truly appreciate the, <laughs> the reality of it.
1: Tell, tell, tell the stunt double that him getting beat up and the comedian is better than De Niro beating up the other guy in the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> which i love the irishman too a lot of people it on the irishman i loved it. I thought it was great i found a lot
2: of love and hate from people yeah. i loved it i really loved it but yeah. i'm such a sucker for those guys that i might not be the best person to ask but
1: people were complaining it was too long it's like why well, complain a movie's too long an every, scorsese movie. every scorsese movie every scorsese movie's is three hours what did exactly. you think you're getting into right and you're at home, you can watch her at home, don't complain. Yeah, yeah pause. Take a nap <laughs> if you feel like it. The fuck it's out crazy, of it's too damn, long. Exactly. Yeah. They're the, they're the same people that, you know, they want to win the Best Director Academy Award over Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <You> same people. <laughs> uh-huh. it's the same damn people. That's right.
0: Bad boys, bad. Said, huh? Yeah, everyone.
1: You know, you're
0: no one wants to, you know, sit down and watch, you know a long movie and and it's like you know i mean it's it's all about the story i mean if it's a you know bad story stretched over 3 hours yeah i can definitely understand not wanting to sit but when it's a a great story you know, I know. you want to stay from beginning middle and end you want to see it all go through all kind you want to see the characters go through all kinds of emotions all kind of turmoil to the end that that's the payoff whether it takes you know, uh, an hour, two hours, or, or four hours. I mean, that the, the story and, and the characters is what, you know, what brings you in. The reason why you watch and... It's the whole reason you're there, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah I always believe that the, the length of the movie should be uh, only uh, decided by the length that it needs to be to tell the story right.
2: That's a great way to put it. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 It takes what it takes. That's it.
0: Yeah. And, and then, you know, and if, and, and of course, nowadays with everything I'm streaming, you, you're watching at home. You, like you said, you can always pause it. If you, you find it's going a little too long, take a little break, get back to it. And yeah, that, man. That, that's, that's the way I see it when it comes to you know films, especially a good story. I mean, a good story takes as long as it takes to you know tell the story. You, t- you take Martin Scorsese;
1: they'll complain now, but you know how much people are going to miss him when he when he's gone, and they're going to say, "I oh, wish we God. had another Martin Scorsese movie." Of course, you know what I
2: mean, of course,
1: it's just the way it is, unfortunately. You know,
2: yeah,
1: it's the nature of the beast. Marty will never have to go to friends to make movies; they will always let him make movies here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And there'll always be someone to pay the exorbitant budget, which, fine, yeah. pay it. I don't care. Make those movies.
1: I, I would, too. You know, the mo- I, I, I find inspiration later in life in a situation that came with Marty, where that silence movie that he made was a passion project that he wanted to make for fucking 30 years, and he couldn't make it. Nobody would fund it. And the fact that nobody would fund a Scorsese movie, give, it, you know, it, it's it's like... It makes you feel better when you can't get your movie done. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm not a piece of garbage. You just can't get this movie done. It's everybody. And even the people at the hot, like I do, there's very few people bigger than Scorsese in this industry. And he still has trouble getting movies made. So you get oh to, my God, you know, a lot. Yeah. There's like a lot of trouble. A lot That's of why trouble. He goes yeah. to Netflix. Yeah. Well, he, I think he comes into that issue where that Lucas came into where like, you have all these passion projects, but they only want to see ma- mafia movies. They only want to see yeah. Star Wars movies from you, you know right. what I mean? And you want to make these other things, but nobody wants to fund those other things because they want the new – they want Goodfellas too, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember – Otherwise was a, known as Casino. Yeah, which is a classic. A very I lovely love show.
2: I think, I think it's really underappreciated. I yeah. love Casino.
1: Casino's great. There's, uh, all his movies are solid. There was talks of doing Taxi Driver Two at one point, which is a horrifying. That,
2: yeah, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want that to happen.
1: I couldn't even imagine. Ugh, scary, very scary stuff. What, we hope to see I you in a Martin movie soon.
2: Oh, you you from your lips to God's ears, man! Hell friend.
1: yeah,
0: we'll yeah. put in the call. Yeah, all right, thank you. Yeah, Martin's <laughs> on a speed dial. We'll give him a call. Don't worry, we'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure
1: he's got something being developed as we speak.
2: Yeah, the next Happy Anderson Project.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> hey. Un- Untitled score says on Happy Anderson Project. <laughs> I support. We can put that on IMDb and get that ball moving today. <laughs>
0: He'll either come calling or his lawyer will come calling, one or the other. That's
2: right.
0: <laughs> hey, come on. There's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. They're
1: that's what pretty. they tell
0: me. <laughs> it's
1: true. So uh, your most current film is the new mutants. You know what I mean? How, yeah. How'd that come about? I know you said recently you've been getting in the more last couple of years, it's been more of offers instead of auditioning. So, you know, how, you know, who, 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 who liked you and said, let's go get this guy in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Josh uh, Boone uh,
2: had seen me in the Nick and this other series that I loved, that not very many people saw called quarry. Um, had seen me both of those, and he he asked me to do it. He's like, it, like it's just one scene, but I think you'd be great. And uh, and it was it was I had a that was another one. I had just a fantastic time. Josh was great. Maisie was great. And yeah. We just you know kind of played all day. And the 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 only unpleasant part was the hours of makeup on my yeah. for my face.
1: Yeah, that's tough. What when you do a big makeup job like that for a film? What, what do you how how many hours before the actual shoot date you have to roll into set for that?
2: Uh, well, we did a makeup test the day before that took like four hours, but then on the day of the, that we shot, uh, it took like under two hours since we, since they already, we already knew what we were doing.
1: Yeah. And you guys, you usually start up around like a six or seven. Yeah. yeah. like Actually, I would probably, I probably had to come in around five that day.
2: Yeah. Um, but it's fine. I mean, I, I think I, I literally only worked one day on that thing. So it was, I was game for any of it you know
1: and i assume it's touch-ups all day long or is that something that just like stays no well in that case it was just like
2: it was it was set like you couldn't it couldn't be moved, it So okay yeah you couldn't yeah. screw it up and you also couldn't make it better it just was what it was
1: yeah <laughs> i'm always curious about that stuff because even the stuff that looks simple the, the the science behind it could be like you know everything holding together
2: uh, these people are so talented oh
1: yeah you yeah know, yeah I mean, for sure
2: I mean, my God, I don't even know how they think, conceive of how to do those things. But that's not my job, so I don't need to think about it.
1: The money helps, I hear. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. yeah I hear. I hear. <laughs> that, that's the
1: rumor down the pipeline. Yeah. But that's, that's. I mean, that's top of the food chain effects right there. Biggest movie of the year going down. That's great shit. Yeah.
2: yeah I actually did that three or four years ago.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're all behind. We're all like two years behind because of the COVID. Yeah,
2: Totally. It's so weird.
1: So what's it like when you when you start off in a nice horror, you know, brutal massacre film and then you step foot on uh you know, the new mutants, which I assume the entire budget of brutal massacre was like the lunch like what people ate for lunch that day, on the first day of the new mutants, you know what I mean?
2: Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much like that. Yeah, Yeah, when I did Brutal Massacre, I had nothing else to compare it to. So I was like, oh, this is fun. And then by the time I did New Mutants a few years ago, I was like, man, I can't believe what I used to put up with That's
1: That's one one giant leap for mankind right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's good, though, man. You're a good man. You're a super talented guy. We're glad to see this stuff going good for you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. That's, That's so nice. I really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: You're another uh, thing I, I wanted to, uh, to ask you about is that uh, another thing that I, I've noticed as a common trend is uh, taking, like, uh, films and then making them into TV series. A perfect example is Snowpiercer. Uh, snow
2: oh, right, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and actually, it's funny because, um, I don't know if, if you know this, but different countries with Netflix have different shows. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Well it, it was funny because uh beginning of this year I went to uh Romania to shoot a uh, independent film. Mm-hmm. And when I was there uh they had Netflix in it and I watched it and I watched Snowpiercer. Um I think they only had like the first season. But I can't get Snowpiercer on Netflix here. So I mean I just I just found that interesting. That's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I was happy because I wanted to see the series, but you know, I only got Netflix as streaming series goes, and <laughs> and I really am able to get on anything else. So I, I was really happy to see it, and I thought you did a great job in that. Yes. In Thank that you, TV series. Yes.
2: The, Thank you.
1: The most bizarrest Snowpiercer story I ever heard came from this gentleman over here, where he tried to connect to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I believe. <laughs> The snow pair.
0: So, could you rewalk me through that conversation again? No, no, no. It was. It wasn't me. I, um, <laughs> I don't know if, if if you know this happy. But, oh, I see. I kind of get
2: it. Yeah. What were you saying? Uh,
0: th- th- there was. Um, now, this happened like a few years ago, where you know a bunch of people, you know, like could take uh, movies or TV series and and make connections, like you know, saying Mary Poppins is some. Uh, she was like. Loosely connected to uh, like the Harry Potter universe because of the stuff she did was so similar to like what they could do in Harry Potter and all that. But there was one where uh, a bunch of people connected that, um, like um, uh, uh, the guy who was the one who ran the train, um, Wilford. Yeah, Wilford. That he's actually Charlie Bucket all grown up. And that, oh
2: my God!
0: And that you know that uh, the that uh, it, it's. I mean, I, I could I could spend like uh, forever trying to remember, go through all the different connections they had. They had one where you know Wilford uh, uh, is is mentioned. His name's mentioned, and you see a bucket slowly being lifted uh, during that, and then you got uh, another. Oh my God! where you're saying that um, uh, the the uh, Tilda Swinton character is actually Veluca Salt's character all grown up. And... <laughs> I know, I know. But I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's possible, it's possible. Yeah, and, and the thing is, until you actually talk to the director who actually directed it, I mean, there could be, you know, he could have been inspired by Charlie and used those kind of ideas and then made his own world out of it, or could be just, you know, someone with a lot of time in their hands through each scene. I'm like, ooh, making these, you know, uh, connections. But it was funny.
2: (laughs) I used to have a lot of those uh, theories and stuff when when I was just a fan of movies. And And now all these years that I see it, what what actually the reality of it, I'm like, oh, there's almost never a connection to anything. It's just what happened to happen on that day. Um, But it's possible listen it's possible mm-hmm. but i've also read theories about stuff that i've been in i'm like that that's amazing that you got that from that because i just happened to pick that thing up because it was there right
0: yeah. sure uh the, yeah i mean i mean so how was the experience in on on that set now that set i'm assuming was all on uh sound stages and yeah
2: yeah yeah in vancouver
0: Yeah, and uh, also very confined. I mean, did they keep you on set, like, throughout your scenes? Or was there, you know, because I know on some sets, especially if they're a confined area, sometimes uh, directors like to keep uh, their actors, like, in that spot throughout the entire Uh, show. to try to, you know, get the claustrophobic kind of feel going. And and Uh, was that the situation?
2: No, that's really interesting. Uh, no, I mean, it, it was, it was like shooting anything. Um, I, I, I liked the, the room that I was in usually, I really enjoyed because they had me, there'd originally been the storyline about my entire family, uh, dying before I boarded the train. So they put up all these pictures of me and my wife, my actual wife and my nephews to represent my dead family. So I, I like. I really enjoyed being there with that. I thought that was fun. Um, but, of, of course, they cut any reference to that, so they just oh. looked like pictures. Yeah. But, but
0: uh, the big thing is, uh, going off of that, which I I consider, I mean, no matter what role I play, I consider, like, uh, the uh, major building block of, of acting and, and playing a role is always the backstory.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And...
0: and um, I know that, I mean, I've talked to some people that, you know, they don't spend much time. They just, you know, go in, they do the lines, they create the uh, situation that they're in and don't give a lot of uh, backstory to the characters. And I've always believed that, you know, that you, uh, to, to do the best possible job, you gotta, because you always have to understand whenever you see someone on, on, on film or all that, that they've already had a life before that point. And- mm-hmm. I always consider it a big thing to, you know, uh, you know, build up, uh, the backstory of no matter how uh, small or big your character is to, you know, help kind of make you feel, I guess, more with the character. I mean, at least that's mm-hmm. how I find. How, how do you feel on that one? Well,
2: yeah. I mean, there's some characters where I think that that I played where I think that's essential, where I, 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 I literally needed it. Um, there were other characters, not so much. And there were other characters, right? Other kinds of jobs where I found that thinking about all that was just, it was too much. It, it bogged when it, when it was a very straightforward scene that needed to be streamlined to deliver information. If, if I had all that information in my head, it was just, it made it too mucky. So I've kind of learned that I kind of instinctually know which jobs require a lot of prep, which, which jobs I should do no prep and which jobs, you know, in the middle
0: cool yeah i mean it's and and also another thing um i wanted to ask you is that uh when when it comes to i i've noticed you've you've played a lot of different uh roles in different time periods is there like a different is there like a, a time period that you just enjoy being in whether it's the the uh atmosphere whether it's the clothes you get to wear or just the mentality of the characters you get to play. Any any like preference or feeling in, in that respect?
2: The 1970s is by far my favorite. Yeah. Um, that that show I, I said I talked about before, Quarry, was yeah. set in the early 1970s, and, and you know I played a detective and I, I wore all these 70s suits and there's all these references. You know, like I said to wait, I knew uh, the writers became pretty good friends of mine and we had the exact same taste in music. So yeah. we would reference like a Waylon Jennings song or a Chris Christopherson song. And that was, I had such a wonderful time on that show, but also in that era, you know, every set was built to look exactly like the 1970s and I, I and I've been in other 1970s things and I do like that vibe in that era very much. I mean, I was born in 76, so I guess I'm partial to it, but, yeah. um, um, but that era and then that job in particular, I'm, I have a lot of affinity for.
1: Yeah, I think I think the era that people come from, where they're born and stuff, I think is heavy with that. Like we're '80s, we're '80s. Like I'd love to do a film in the '80s. You know what I mean? I even, like, yeah, I remember, yeah. You Nineties know. is a fun time too. You guys see Itanya? I loved Titanic. That was great. I loved Titanic. Yeah, Great. It yeah. was perfect. Perfect capsule of the 90s. I thought that was great. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, uh, I was back in high school when I saw that movie. And it was, like, was, very well done, too. I was hoping it was going to win the best film that year. Cause, uh, what's her name? She's uh, great. She's fantastic in it. And the she, way that she, yeah, the way she played it, where it was like she, she how it showed her how the mother treated her bad and like the boyfriend and like there was a, there was an element where like the abuse, the, the, the boyfriend flips into abuse and the way that it was played was so like realistic to how it is where I don't know. I can't, you have to see the movie. Everybody here has seen it, but anybody listening, you'd have to see it. But I really liked how they meshed the, you know, she, she was like a victim in her own sense, you know what I mean? Like she did these yeah. things, but she was really just kind of back against the wall looking at everything in her life, falling apart away from her. You know what I mean? She was
2: just trying to survive.
1: And she thought that in her mind, she thought that was her only survival choice, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah See, that's it's beautiful.
1: The, the beauty of that film is that people can relate now and look at, look at it in that totally. way. Totally, You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: She's not yeah. just some nutcase. She's like yeah. a, a person who's hurting that has fears and dreams. Yeah. 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 It, it was beautifully done.
1: And life got a lot harder for her after that too. You know what I mean? Fucking ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. Is she still with us? I
2: think she is right. Down Oh yeah, 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 I think she so, was. Yeah. Uh, she was in some. Uh, she she did a, like a celebrity boxing, boxing. show, and yeah. then she did a, She did. A, she's done some stuff.
1: She's more famous than Nancy Kerrigan in the end.
2: By it. far, you know yeah. I mean? No one even remembers who Nancy Kerrigan was. Hardly.
1: Sorry, Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I happen to be a fan of them both.
1: Me too. Me too. I have yeah, her yeah. tattooed across my neck. <laughs> on back, only on the back only on the back
2: yeah <laughs> well, of course what else would it be only on the back uh, every favorite name of mine is tattooed on the back of my neck
1: that's right absolutely <laughs> then you don't have to look at it i <laughs> right,
0: happy man this was a great time alex do you have any more uh, questions um, uh, actually I just have uh, one more. Um, I think cool. I, I read that, uh, you, you actually, um, you teach an acting class, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I used to, I used to teach it a lot of different places. Now I independently, uh, just teach a, a one day workshop on auditioning for the camera.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. I mean, um, is, uh, are you still doing that right now through like zoom or?
2: I do that, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing that through zoom. Uh, uh, during the pandemic i hope to do it in person again eventually because it's it's really really great in person but on zoom it's it still works it's very effective and we all seem to enjoy it but uh yeah it's 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 something it's something else that i also really enjoy uh you know if i'm not working as an actor at least i'm working with actors when i do that
0: yeah yeah, I mean, there's nothing uh, better than you know just experience. Even even if you're just doing it uh, with yourself, a bunch of friends, just you know, you know, team yeah. dissecting and you know, playing. Uh, you know. I mean, yeah, I could
2: do that stuff for hours and hours and hours, breaking down scripts. You know,
0: yeah.
2: it's like so you know uh another income source but it's also the only other thing that i enjoy (laughs) you know when i used to have day jobs i would lose them all the time because i was like i fucking hate this and (laughs) and so once i got into the you know the teaching and then i increased my acting jobs around the same time uh so i'd always have that in between jobs to go back to in between acting jobs to go back to which was great that's nice
0: that's that's really good. I mean, um, and it's. I have to admit. I mean, I've, I I got a regular day job that you know got to do to pay the bills and and all. Sure. that. And uh, it it's funny uh, when people uh, because I work during you know Monday through Friday and then on the weekends all I do is film acting auditions you know anything else I can and. So I always joke around that I literally have no day off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it
2: sounds like you don't.
0: And I don't, but uh, but it's it's funny because uh, I've been talking with some of my acting friends, and I've been making a comment to them about you know how uh, the acting world, acting itself, at times is like extremely crazy with everything that goes on, but yeah. craziness helps me deal with the other <laughs> craziness of of my Sure, totally, and yeah and if it wasn't for that i'd probably lose my mind <laughs>
2: yeah yeah I, I i'm i'm right there with you man it's it's almost like uh like a drug addiction like you need your fix
0: yeah oh yeah definitely sure. I, it's as uh, it's, it's it's funny i mean it's i mean when i got uh college you know no, no one told me, you know, how to get into acting and all that, and, and I live in Boston, and and all that. So there's not a lot of uh, big, you know, like theater companies and all that that I could find my way getting myself into. So I did a lot of community theater, and I mean, the feeling of you know the the applause uh, and, and all that at the end, I mean, is, is yeah. probably one of the best feelings ever. i mean,
2: oh my god, totally.
0: Yeah, just just hearing that clapping, I mean, makes makes all the you know the uh, the hard work worthwhile. I find. Yeah.
2: A hundred percent. That that's the first thing I was addicted to, and then the process, uh, soon superseded that. But the first thing I loved yeah. was the attention and the affirmation.
1: We got, we got a lot of actors and filmmakers that listen to this page. So without asking anything about the craft, you know, in a business with so many ups and downs, what do you find the best way to kind of even out the balance of like discard getting discouraged over something or finding, you know, being able to say, well, this thing didn't work, but there will be another one. Do you have any advice or words of uh, support like that for some? Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, first thing I would say is if you don't have them
1: develop other passions,
2: so, you know, any other thing that you care deeply, like I'll never care about anything as much as I care about acting. But over the years, uh, you know, it, well, even if it's, you know, whatever, record collecting or going to a Mets game or whatever, or going to a museum, it's a little different in, in the in the um, pandemic. But, um, you know, I read all the time things that have nothing to do with acting just because it's such a hot and cold business. And. And it's a deeply personal business, but you can take absolutely nothing personally. Because at the end of the day, it has nothing in the world to actually do about you, even though it feels like it has everything to do about you because yeah. it's, you're, you're the product. But I always tell my students this too, actually. When you finish an audition or when you leave an audition, um, you should never, I, I learned this over time, you should never, ever ask yourself, did I nail it? Did I crush it? Did I get the job? Any of that stuff. You should ask yourself two questions. Did I tell the truth? And did I enjoy myself? And if you can say yes to both of those, then it's a victory. And the call, if you happen to get the call afterwards, then that's the cherry on top. But the audition is the job. It's an opportunity to do your job. And the other thing I like to say about it is it's the opportunity to share your story through other people's words. Yeah.
1: Amen, brother. That that passion thing is an important, and I don't think anybody's ever brought that up. That's very important. Because uh, when he says that, he's not saying find an outlet of something other than what you're trying to do. He's saying find something else that you care about as much, so when that certain thing or takes a hit. Or even almost as much. Yeah. So when that certain thing, if it takes a hit, you're, that's not your everything, taking that hit. You can still fall back on other loves that can keep you kind of going throughout, you know what I mean? Very wise. Very wise words. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Thank you, man. Hey. <laughs> Well, happy! This has been great, man. We really appreciate you coming on the show. We'd love to have you on again. If you ever want to come on? You're always welcome. And, uh, My pleasure. We'll Thank s- you. We'll stay guys. in contact. Yeah, we're gonna follow you to the sky and beyond. And when we see you in that Scorsese movie, we want that interview. <laughs> you, this is the first place I'm coming. In the movie, yeah, we want that interview with when, we, when you're in the movie. Uh, you heard him. You heard him here first. He said it. <laughs>
2: Uh, also, uh, uh, if anyone there's happens to be interested in my class, follow me at happy and happy anderson acting on Instagram.
1: Yes, definitely. And go support all the films and the TV work and support them in general. You know, follow them. You see, there's something coming out with them in it, watch it, support it. You got to support people. If you don't support people, they won't be here anymore. And that's everybody, you
2: know, that is everybody. That's you right.
1: Know? So, yeah. Again, Happy, happy feels like he's on the set of Bad Boys again with me and Alex up here because we're so bad to the bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh,
2: why do you think I? Why do you think I did this interview? I was like, uh, you know, the two like white it. bad boys.
1: We're gonna change the name of the show now. Bad yeah, boys, yeah. Boomcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a great day over there. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Cool. When does this come out? This will be out uh, in, like, two weeks, I
0: think? Uh, okay.
1: Maybe uh, Alex will probably have it better.
0: Yeah. Um, the plan is the first Monday of May, the 3rd. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, we're going to be dropping an audio podcast, but also a video um, uh, version of this, which yeah. we're going to put on YouTube, uh, which will be under BoomBastacast. And uh, the uh, uh, audio will be on uh, Spotify and other yep. podcast things, which will just be the audio.
1: We'll, we'll tag you so you don't have to go looking for it. Great. I, go, look, going yeah. to look sucks. Nobody likes looking. Uh,
2: I'm <laughs> hopeless. I'm hopeless
1: at looking anyway. I give up after. Well, no, I need GPS definitely. just to go find links. <laughs>
0: we will be posting it on, on, on our pages and, and I'll, I'll definitely be sending you a link as soon as it's up. Hell yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah. Thank you, guys.
0: Word up.
1: All right, folks. Well, with that being said, happy Anderson. It was a pleasure.
2: Yeah. Pleasure is mine, fellas.
1: Hell yeah. And we'll, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of the Boom Basted Cast. Amazing.